On this episode of the History Worth Saving podcast, we're talking to country music artist Mark Ware. He was playing in and around Atlanta back in the late 80s and early 90s. And if you remember, there was another guy playing around Atlanta back then, Travis Tritt. Part of that class of 89 in country music royalty. Well, Mark Ware was right there in the thick of it. Had a young family and was just starting out. And all of a sudden, there's a record deal that's presented to him. What does he do? Does he stay on with the fire department? Or does he chase his dreams in Nashville? When you're an artist and you're faced with these types of challenges, a difficult decision like this, it might not be a no, but it might not be right now. And Mark Ware joins us right now to tell this story on Masters of Their Arts. Mark, thanks for being here. Hey, thanks for having me, Matt. So here you are, you're this young gun running around Atlanta playing country music back in the 80s with guys like Travis Tritt. You've played on the stage, by the way, with some some of the greats, I mean, in the industry to include Mark Wills, who's also from Georgia, Rhett Walker, Jason Aldean, Denim Jones, even, even old David Allen Coe, you know, playing around. And uh, I, I just think your career is so incredible because you were at that point, you were at that point ready to sign on and something in the back of your mind said, wait. Talk to me about that. Yeah, we was we was having a lot of fun, and um, you know, and the, the stories we can tell. Uh, <laughs> just just one that 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 comes to mind is is Aldine. His dad was driving him around in an old beat up white van, and just actually uh, going around to different venues and asking him would they let his son play. So Aldine went, but fifteen or sixteen years old when we would let him let him play uh, there in Dusters in McDonough, Georgia, and then. <laughs> Uh, the older Jason got, we played the the same little circuit. He would play a bar one weekend, and then we'd come right in behind him and play. But uh, just had a lot of fun. But um, w- it was a showcase called um, the Buckboard in Atlanta was doing. And on Thursday nights, they would have uh, the up-and-coming artists come by, and the owner there, John, would, would have record labels uh, there in the audience. And, um, you know, he was just really trying to pitch. He, he went on, and I believe he's still managing Mark Wills today. Um, but it was, you know, some of the Thursdays was, you know, Travis and Mark Wills. Uh, I was up there and um, just having a lot of fun. And just um, I think at the time I'd had, you know, almost five years on with the fire department. And I just had a little baby girl and uh, things happened the way it did. And I wound up with custody of, uh, of the baby. So here I was in my early 20s with a with a newborn baby and in chasing country music and working at the fire department. So yeah, I was faced with a choice for sure. And that, that moment came and yes, my, my gut says you were dreading it as much as you wanted it, where you had to make that decision to either stay or to go. Yes, sir. And it was, um, you know, country music and what well, just music in itself has just been something that's just carried me all my life. Uh, really. It's just, it's just been my place to go. Um, but at the time and the way the music industry works, uh, they was wanting to front you some money and, and, uh, have you work on some projects and then you pay them back. And then after you pay them back, you start making some money on your royalties and, you know, um, there really wasn't much insurance involved. Uh, again, I had the baby and, um, I just, it just wasn't the right time, um, to go if, 
you know, it just wasn't the right time at that point. Just couldn't give up the insurance, couldn't give up the, you know, the, the five years I'd already had invested with the fire department. And, um, you know, the guys that were playing music with me three nights a week, um, every, every week, you know, um, you know, there was some loyalty to them guys as well. And, um, I just decided to, to just continue on with the fire department and to continue music as a hobby at that point. Yeah, George Jones never wrote a song about a fireman that gives everything up stability-wise and chases country music as opposed to taking care of his baby girl. I've never heard that song, Mark. So I, yeah, I, think, right. I think you made the right call in this. I mean, it's it's not that it's not, it's, it's not a no, it's a not now. And you're a man of faith. And I know you've drawn on that over your years. Uh, talk to me about about being a fireman and how that has affected uh, you as a songwriter. You know, as as a fireman, um, you know, and I, and I tell my son, who is 21 now, and in his second year with the fire department there in Clayton County, Georgia. Matter of fact, Matt, he just uh, won the state of Georgia's Rookie of the Year award. Uh, from the training and the work that he's done this year. So we were just in Atlanta last uh, Wednesday night, and Mark Jr. received the Rookie Firefighter of the Year Award for the state of Georgia, which was a very big, proud dad moment. For oh, sure. sure. Um, but as a fireman, um, I, I tell Mark all the time, uh, even when he was growing up, I, I really didn't consider it a job. Um, I enjoyed it so much. I enjoyed going in. I enjoyed the camaraderie. I enjoyed helping folks. And, um, you know, it was just something that I got paid to do every day that, uh, that I didn't even consider work. I just, uh, it didn't become a part of me. Uh, the fire department just become a part of, of who I am. It's just something I really, really enjoyed my 32 years in the Georgia fire service. And, and it has affected your songwriting. It would have to talk a little bit about that. Cause I, I'm curious on that. It has, it's, uh, you know, just the, the, the stuff you see as a firefighter, uh, through many parts of the ranks, it affects you in different ways, uh, just depending on what, what rank you're in. And, um, you know, a, a lot of times it, you know, it just, it just increases, um, you know, it just increases your feelings. Um, you actually see, um, you, you actually see what, what this world really is and what happens in this world every day. And it, it affects your feelings in many different ways. Sometimes it's, it affects your feelings in a, you know, in a sad way. And sometimes it affects your feeling in a happy way. Um, you know, so it, uh, you know, it really, it creates that creative, uh, mind, uh, when it comes to the songwriting for sure. Hmm. You know, usually you hear guys describe it the opposite. They say, well, it's, it's jaded me or it's, it's, it's made that something that I don't, I don't experience anymore. Right. Uh, right. you hear that a lot with first responders, but to hear you say that, that it's sharpened that sense uh, is remarkable. You know, I have to give a lot of that credit to my faith as well. Um, you know, I, I believe I've been able to do what I've done for 32 years in the Georgia fire service because of my faith. I believe I'm who I am today is, is because of my faith. So that's something I hold really close to my heart. I want to, I want to get into this because, you know, part of that is that he says it's, it's, it's never easy, but it's worthwhile. And we hear that a lot. And you were faced uh, with a horrible tragedy uh, and the death of one of your daughters. Yeah, actually, uh, yeah, in, in 2006, uh, my oldest child, the one I spoke of earlier that I had custody of when I was in my early 20s, 
um, was called from school one uh, and said that she didn't feel well. Well, Dad says, hey, you, have, you haven't missed a day of school since kindergarten, girl. You're going to stay there till 1130. So uh, she, I called her, or, or actually she called me back at 1130, said she felt a little bit better, and she was a cheerleader for um, the school, and she was going to attend practice that afternoon. And so I just did my regular routine that day and picked her up in the in the in the parent line after cheerleading practice. And you know she looked a little pale, and I said, "You want to go eat?" She said she wasn't hungry, so um, I said, "Let's just ride over here to the doctor's and uh, see if they're still open." And just some told me to take her to the doctor, and uh, they said she had a touch of pneumonia. And, um, so they wanted to keep her overnight for observations. And, uh, I believe that was on a Tuesday night. Well, um, I think on Wednesday, Wednesday evening, they wound up having to intubate her because her oxygen level was dropping so fast. And then on uh, Friday we lost her and it was uh, due to a staph infection that she had developed inside of her lung. And, um, you know, I tell folks, it was like she contracted cancer at a thousand miles an hour and it just, you know, it was just a whirlwind of 72 hours went from cheering at high school, uh, that afternoon to, you know, we were making funeral arrangements that weekend. You know, where do you go from there? Well, I, I went straight to rock bottom, to be honest, Matt. Um, uh, th- this is where my life turned into that country song. Um, um, tried to drown my, drown my pain with alcohol, uh, uh, an alcohol addiction that I fought for, uh, for a while. Um, of course you could never, never drink enough. Um, and the story line to where my dad was a deacon at a, at a Baptist church and dad had probably picked me up at every bar in town at closing time when they've kicked me out. Um, so it just, or picked me up over at the cemetery where I just wouldn't leave. Um, and just, I went, I went rock bottom. So dad, uh, being the, the man he was, um, he sat me down one evening and said, son, I'm not coming. I'm not coming to another bar to pick you up. I'm not coming to break up another fight. He says, um, I'm, I'm having to turn this over to God and, um, you're just going to have to, you're going to have to figure this out. And, um, a hard conversation I had with my father. And, um, he asked me, he said, he said, would you do me a favor? He said, I don't care what you do Monday through Saturday. And, um, but on Sundays, will you just come over here and sit in the church with me, um, over here at the church where he was attending. And, um, you know, that just resonated in my mind. So I didn't want to disappoint my father. So I would go to this church on Sunday mornings. And I would still have on the clothes that I had on Saturday nights. I went there and sat through that church for, you know, an hour and a half with my, with my parents. And, uh, you know, just so I wouldn't disappoint him. And about three months into this, uh, I'm still, I'm still as bottom as you can get. And then going over to the church and sitting there with my dad on Sundays, uh, the piano player at the church, um, I became ill. And dad stood up at church one day and said, uh, Mark plays the piano. He'll, he'll come up here and do a song. And I just looked at my dad. So again, I, I, went, I didn't want to disappoint him. I went over there and I played, played for the church and I probably, I know everybody up there could smell it, uh, could smell what was on me from the night before. And, um, 
about about a month into playing for the church and a lot of times just probably still drunk from the night before. Matter of fact, no one was still drunk from the night before. You know, I was just convicted sitting there at the piano saying, uh, you know, I, I got to get this life back together. I got to do it. So, you know, a lot of that's in my father. So I, I laid the bottle down and, uh, you know, just got real big in the church and I got helping with the choir and, and uh, just started rebuilding my music uh, from that point. From the ground up. From your faith up. From the ground and faith up, yes, sir. That's funny, isn't it, how God works? And and what a what a story, Mark, to get to where you're at right now. We're going to get into that. Uh, you built your your music back up. You you've you've got such a I I think a, a a truth in your songs. And you know they always joke about it being three chords and the truth. But there there is there is a voice that you have. Uh, much like an author writing a book, there is a voice that comes clear uh, through your songs, and I and I it, it comes from this. I mean, it no doubt comes from this place um, and this this journey that you've been on. Uh, what are you working on right now? So I just got back from Nashville this weekend, and the latest works we're doing. Um, I went up there to record a song that um, this this next song is just one that I've. I've got up early on Sunday mornings and, and played it um, probably every Sunday there is um, for the last 10 or 12 years. And hmm. the local sheriff in this town, um, it turned out to be one of it. Every time I see him, he's like, sing me this song, sing that song, show them this song, sing this song. Well, he, he talked me into calling the label and uh, the agent and they arranged some studio time. And so we went up there and cut the song early Sunday morning. And it just, that song talks about, uh, me laying the bottle down and, um, you know, it just talks about the story I just talked about. So mm-hmm. we can't wait to release that one while we were there, uh, this weekend, um, the label there is, has put me on tour with Brian Martin. Brian's getting about a million streams a week right now with his new song, beauty and the struggle. And, uh, he's just really taken off. We start our tour in March on, um, we're going to Mexico I think on Royal Caribbean in March and we've got three or four more dates in March we're doing. But while we were there, Brian came over to where we was parked in the campground and I said, listen to this. I've been putting some words together for, uh, for this song. It's called shooting whiskey and killing time. But that was about eight o'clock Friday night and Saturday morning at nine o'clock. He liked the song so much. We went over to the studio and, re- and we cut that one as well. <laughs> Let's so, rewind a bit because firemen, don't go out and do this kind of stuff. And we left an important part of this story out. As you were rebuilding your music, you decided to rebuild the business part of your music because it's called show business. It's not called show your friends. And and here you are again, Mark, making, making not only a serious run, but a run, uh, a run at it with experience. Yes, sir. And you've got a manager in Nashville. You've got, you've got some deals on the table. I mean, this is, this is coming together for you. Yeah, it's it's uh it's all coming together. I I, I created a business called Nine One One Consulting and Promotions, and so um, we started promoting some concerts um, last year, and um, we promoted Patti LaBelle, Gladys Knight, Freddie Jackson, Shaka Khan at the New Amphitheater, and then I created a summer concert series out on the lake that I live on, and I'll tell you a little bit about that story in a second. Um. And so when I was building this business, I talked the wife into going to 
to Nashville for a conference. And so we had just bought a, a bus and I said, let's pull the bus up there and I'm going to go to this conference. And it's a funny story, Matt. This is how it happened is, uh, is I, I bought a conference ticket for $550 and I bought a sports coat and I put my laptop in a briefcase and I went to this conference. It was the international buyers uh, conference for folks come all over the world. So I go into this conference, get my name tag, and I'm sitting at a table acting like I'm somebody, you know, you know, trying to learn the business, trying to learn how to, how to, uh, you know, get into some of these venues or get into some of the, the, the promoting world. And I met Joe Barrett, which is with Average Joe in Nashville. And, um, and he said, who are you with again? And I said, man, I'm going to be honest with you. I bought a conference ticket. I really don't know what I'm doing. I'm trying to start a little promotion business back in Georgia. I'm an artist. I got this going. So he says, I love it. I'm going to help you. And uh, so he invited Kim and I to a movie release, uh, the movie Old Henry that uh, Average Joe's uh, is doing. And then um, Joe and I struck up a friendship. And he's just, he's we've talked for two hours a day every day. And he just he just put me to work and put my music there on the map. I like Joe. He came on the show with you on Georgia Radio, my other yeah, Joe is uh, a great program. guy. Yeah, he's he's really doing it. And, you know, that's exciting to be a part of something uh, like that, like what Joe has going and what you have going. And I think I think you guys are such a great fit because you hear about these relationships um, that artists form with their manager, uh, especially early on. And when, when, it, when it happens early on, great success comes from that because you're both you're both working for the same goal. And you've you've built some traction. Your songs are doing really well. You've got a couple that are out right now. Um, let's talk about Six Feet Away because you wrote that uh, for, I, I was told, you. I think you told me you wrote it for your son. Uh, that's Carry On. Carry On. I'm I, sorry, I Carry On, yeah. Yeah, Carry On I wrote for my son. Uh, that's a problem, son, Mark, I... when you have so many great new releases <laughs> that you can't yeah. keep them straight. <laughs> well, thank you, Matt. Carry On. Let's talk about Carry On. Then we'll get to Six Feet Away. Yeah, so carry on. Uh, uh, Junior and I was coming back from a uh, a funeral service, and uh, and and it was a long funeral service. So when we got in the truck coming home, I was telling him, I said, "Son, when that, when something ever happens to your daddy, don't let him do that. Just make it short and sweet, <laughs> and uh, just hold on to my last name, and and you just carry on." And after I had that conversation with him. You know, when I had some long time driving to work, the carry on just kept sticking in my mind. So uh, me telling him to hold on to my last name and carry on, um, that's where the song was birthed. So I uh, wrote down some words and um, here comes carry on. Actually, we carry on. Um, I called Will Turpin. We got to bring him into this. Will Turpin's a high school friend of mine, but he's also most likely going to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. He's the bass player for Collective Soul for the last 25 years. And his father owned a recording studio that we all used to go to as kids. And of course, Collective Soul, you know, recorded and that's real to real, right? Real to real. That's right. Famous place up in Atlanta. (laughs) That's right. And so um, when Will's father passed, uh, he left him uh, his portion of the studio in in his will. So Will and I got to talking, and Will said, "I'll produce some music of yours if you come help me rebrand the studio." And, um, I said, okay. So actually he sent, we sent a demo up to Nashville and this is long before Joe, we sent a demo up to Nashville and Mr. Danny Parks, which I believe he sits in on some sessions at the Grand Ole Opry. Um, he laid down the tracks with us and, uh, sent them back to Will and Will produce carry on six feet away. Wow. 
you know, when when people start coming together, and I and I always thought this is interesting. I've seen this in so many different career types. When it's funny how people find each other, right? So whether it was you and Will finding each other in high school, and now doing something wonderful again, God seems to put these people together. And he, he seems to have a plan from early on, and we don't always know the plan. Uh, but but here he is again, putting people together and making things happen. What's your advice for the third person in this conversation we're having that's sitting here listening to this? Just, just never give up. Um, never lose focus of what you really want to do. Um, whether it's songwriting or whether if it's performing music or, or heck, if it's, if it's just got nothing to do with music at all, if it's just life in general, um, just always, always seem to get up with a purpose and, uh, and a goal. And uh, just most of all, never give up on what you want to do. And we're not given, we're not given an, an infinite amount of time, as you know so well. So don't, don't wait. That's right. Yeah, just just stick with stick with the plan that I that I always say. Just stick to the plan. Uh, it might not be in the next minute, or it might not be when you want it to happen. But uh, you know, if it's God's will to happen, uh, things are going to fall in place for you. And uh, but if you're always headed toward a goal, um, then, you know you've always got that purpose. I want to talk about the firehouse. Here you okay. are, a fireman, and you're still a fireman. And yes, you've got sir. this, you've got this consulting and promotions business. You've got your briefcase and your laptop and your sport coat. We'll just say it like that. Here you, here you are. What, what's the, the word around the firehouse right now? What's this like? You, you go play these shows on the weekend and then here you are in front of everybody. And then you come back and you humble yourself and you're a public servant again. What, talk to me about that dynamic. You know, it's, it's really weird um, around the firehouse because all my life, um, you know, since I was 12 or 13 years old, um, I've been performing in some capacity. So my whole career at the fire department, whether it be singing the national anthem, which I've had the privilege to do the Braves game probably, you know, 10 or 12 times there in Atlanta the last five or six years. Um, but there's, I guess they're just used to Mark and his music. Um, it's, it, to be honest, it's, it's really not a not a real big deal right now, except for, uh, you know, everyone wants to be the bus driver yeah, on the weekends right. or, you know, be a roadie and help carry uh, equipment. So, you know, but um, it's, it's really not been that big of a deal with with the guys uh, because, you know, Monday through Thursday, I'm chief wear and on Friday, Saturday and Sunday, I'm Mark wear. The stakes are higher now. That's you're, not, right. you're not just a you're not just a fireman. Now you're the fire chief. And you're staring down this very familiar situation. It's familiar because you've been here before. They're offering you record deals, no doubt. I'm sure you've got publishing deals on the table. Are you are you at that point again, Mark, where you're going, am I going to jump or am I going to stay where I'm at? And you know, how, you know, the how are you doing that? Well, the difference is now, as, as I have 32 years in with the fire service and I've been blessed to, um, you know, secure a, a retirement. So, um, if, if a decision is made to do music full time, um, then I'm in a little bit better situation financially. Um, my kids are grown, um, you know, so I'm in a, in a little bit different, different situation. So, um, I can chase it a little bit harder right now. We're focusing on this, this tour with Brian Martin, um, you know, get these 20 or 30 dates behind us on, um, from Thursday to Sunday and, you know, just kind of look what the plan is for next year. Um, 
and see what the songs do when we put out these next three songs, see what they do. But I'm in a little bit different situation. If, if it's time for me to lay down the fire department to uh, do music full time, then, um, then I believe I've got, I've got enough uh, earned up. I've got enough baked up to be able to make that choice this time. I think it's great. Will he jump? Or will he jump back into the fire? House. <laughs> we better say, Mark, I love your story and I love your music. And I, I just think the world of what you're doing. When it's all said and done, what do you want people to remember about Mark Ware? Uh, that I'm just uh, just a normal person. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just a, a normal guy. Uh, just putting his feelings and uh, putting what's up in my head down to pen and paper. And hopefully something I say in my songs uh, can mean something to somebody. I love it. You can stream, carry on. You can stream six feet away. You can stream all of Mark Ware's music. You can find it at markwaremusic.com. Of course, you can find him on social media and at a venue near you, Mark out on tour here coming in March. I Listen, thank you for coming on and sharing your story. And I hope it's an inspiration to a lot of people who hear this message today. Thanks, Mark. You're very welcome, Matt. And thank Georgia Radio uh, for all they're doing. And like I told you before, I'm a big fan of what you're doing as well. Well, that's right, buddy. We play you, we play you over there on Georgia Radio. And by the way, folks, if you want to hear Mark on Georgia Radio, you just tune in any old time over there. Listen, thanks again for coming on today, Mark. Truly appreciate it. Being a part in our closing episode of season four, Master of Their Arts. We're kicking around the idea, and I think season five is going to focus on teachers. And you heard it here first. If you're not already a member of the History Worth Saving newsletter, please consider signing up right there at historyworthsaving.com. And of course, if you'd like to be a part of our exclusive content section, we'd love to have you over there as well. The $25 that you spend each year goes to help keep this show on the air. And it also helps ensure that these great American stories will continue being told. Thanks again for listening. So long for now.